Part two, chapter eight of Martin Schuler by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part two, Leipzig. Chapter eight. As an oyster covers a pearl with scales, so Martin covered Werner's death and Lily and the peahens with days and months of forgetfulness. Twenty eight months lay smooth over the past and only those with long memories and awkward imaginations thought less well of him than he did of himself and saw the little piece of grit that had got into his shell martin was now in the first fullness of manhood his father was dead therefore he had a respectable income and his mother lived with her daughter and son-in-law the schuler markheims he had been to paris for a year to study the modern movement and considered himself therefore a man of the world the municipal band played from time to time one or two of his lighter compositions the theatre had produced one of his sentimental operettas he had set one or two bad songs by bad local poets to indifferent tunes for these reasons persons began to point him out to one another and being well off and good-looking the best people in the town invited him to their parties some people thought he took his elevation in society a little too much for granted and his sister held her breath when she heard him for the first time joke with frau professor court his sister was not invited to those houses which he frequented but the great cannot monopolize an art exhibition and it was there bertha heard him make the joke that finally pointed out to her that indeed her brother was lost to her for ever and had sailed out of the dim light of her own social life the joke caused her to hold her breath but looking down his body instinctively to his feet she saw how classically they stood upon the floor and how his elegant body was perfectly poised upon them she blamed him because he was level-headed and at home where she was modest and nervous but she admired him because he was liked and because he had had a great deal to do with his upbringing bertrand's friends were astonished that she did not devote her conversation to this family marvel pray her prayers to it and spread her husband her house and her children born and unborn upon the background of the canvas of its life or to use a prettier simile throw her love her babes her happiness like roses on her brother's path frau schuler her mother joined with her in her reserved and decent attitude and people said they had quarrelled with martin and because he was hardly ever with them that hermann bertha's husband had forbidden him to come to the house this gave rise to the opinion that some people were cutting off their noses to spite their faces hermann markheim had been heard to say it is true that martin was not his sort and people added because he markheim didn't care for young fools who painted the town red even if they were wagner's all this did not affect martin he was unconscious of bertha's pride and of what people said about his affairs he lived alone in a good part of the town he had few worries his love affairs were amiable and a little sordid he had no serious friend like werner and the delicate too familiar relationships of home life no longer existed to trouble him when his last piece of band music had been played so often that the brain was sore with hearing it and people began to ask themselves what he would do next to delight them he condescended to try an experiment upon them he produced with the aid of the graduates and undergraduates of the heidelberg university a short musical drama entitled the poverty of croesus the production took place at the theatre about midsummer 
and astonished heidelberg though it depressed the actors that is to say until the full report was published in the newspaper the newspaper was so eulogistic and the parents aunts and lovers of the actors so dithyrambic that heidelberg was full of swelled heads for several weeks this again did not affect martin there was at the university of heidelberg at that time a young man of the name of steinbach an ugly and thick young man who had come to heidelberg for a summer course to fill in the time between the end of his career at leipzig university and the beginning of his career at he knew not what like many other brilliant young men who are too rich and not scholarly enough to enclose themselves for life in a classical or philosophical world he was lost when his terms at college came to an end he had a strong desire to do something particularly something that would entail notoriety so he went to heidelberg university in order to get to an out-of-the-world place where youth was rife and where he could think in a fortnight owing to having assimilated its spirit he decided that to remain was waste of time he thought of going to cambridge in england the day that he was introduced to martin schuler by von der gorst he changed his mind this was before the performance of croesus von der gorst was to be croesus he was chief classic of his year and had a fine baritone when he introduced steinbach to martin steinbach shook hands and said he was extremely pleased to make the acquaintance of one with such a future before him he eyed martin steadily and determined not to decide then and there if he really had a future before him but to wait that same spring afternoon after the departure of martin von der gorst told him about the approaching performance when he was tired of gorst's florid optimism about the affair he went home he sauntered under the budding linden trees along the river road with a feeling of joyful interest in his mind the houses across the way and the river on his right and the dusty sun-flecked road and the dry dusty gutter pleased him he liked them for the first time this morning they had tired and bored him now he liked them the soft spring breeze blowing in gentle puffs from the river the quiet slow-moving water and the gentle shivers of the little leaves on the trees soothed him deliciously he sauntered along noticing the summer-like quality of the dust the summer-like rattle of the carts and cabs along the road the houses across the way no longer showed naked through the bare boughs green leaves partially hid them and soft air permeated with sunshine with the scent of trees and particles of dust from the road focused them so that they did not appear as in wet and cold weather to be starting forward into the road upon passers-by steinbach had taken a fancy to martin and one is always happy when one has just taken a fancy to somebody he was not thinking like most people i must see that chap again shall i ask him to the theatre shall i go to his rooms shall i write he was thinking i shall not make his acquaintance just yet i will notice him and glean facts about him and when i know him perhaps after he has produced his opera i'll get him to know me he paused and looked over the river when i've heard his opera he decided it will be time to get him to know me not for a moment did he think that anyone else or any number of anyone else's would crowd him out he was quite certain that at his own time he would be able to get what he wanted of what he wanted he had no clear idea but a thought not expressed in words began to haunt his mind 
he walked on for five minutes then turned down a narrow street to the left and disappeared from the public on the river road end of part two chapter eight recording by expatriate in bangor maine